here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey guys, um, I know we're a week late in releasing this episode of the Brit Restaurant Table. Uh, that's because last weekend we were in over in Germany for WXW's World Tag Team League Weekender, um, or Pro Wrestling Festival, or whatever you want to call it. And um, as you may be able to tell, my voice is still struggling slightly from it. The original plan was for an episode to go out last week. Um, featuring all our thoughts on the week of events, and then with some one or two segments from the interviews included. Well, first off, uh, the episode's delayed a week because we had a lot of audio, and it's taken a long time to edit, and also I've been more busy than I expected, so that's why the episode's coming out now. This episode won't feature any of the interview segments, simply because we talked so long just about the shows that throwing in some interview segments would just make this episode too long. So what we're going to do is, as was the plan anyway, next week um, we're going to put out a interview pack type deal um, with all the great interviews we recorded over the weekend over in Germany. Um, we'd like to say, give a huge thank you to WXW for allowing us to record those, uh, as well as putting on some tremendous shows for us to watch. Uh, as I said, um, we're, you know, this episode is going to be real long, um, just with us talking about the shows that we attended. So I'm going to stop talking now. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Oberhausen, and welcome to Brit Rest Roundtable. It's us, I'm Ollie Court, I'm with Arn Furious, and Rob Reed is also here now. <laughs> uh, I am indeed. He went to Dortmund instead of <laughs> Dusseldorf, and we were just talking about that. It begins with a D, I, I can see how he was confused. It's so, only one of them, right? Right? Missing in a circle, but here for the rest of the weekend, and I guess we're here in this first part of the podcast to talk about, in a circle, the... Uh, not really a trainee show, but goes on in the training academy. The warm-up show is a good way to put it. Um, We had a very varied card tonight, uh, so we'll probably run through some of the stuff we liked. And the first match, 
two guys we haven't seen too much of recently. Yeah, there's uh, Julian Pace versus Alexander James. I've never rated Alexander James, like not even slightly in, uh, a little bit, but watching him live, he actually does a lot of very smart sort of... Uh, savvy seasoned veteran stuff that yeah. I've never picked up watching his uh, his stuff on VOD but because it was right in front of me I couldn't not see it it was right there mm. he's actually quite a smart worker uh, Julian Pace really good he's um, one of the guys that I scouted for the for the um, for our uh, Euro draft thank you Rob <laughs> <laughs> and he was very close to getting selected because he is he has a lot of potential um, he looked pretty good tonight, I thought. Yeah, I, I like Although, his cheesy cars gimmick. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got it's fun. He's got a Thurman Sparky plug, <laughs> uh, costume going on, except it's like red because of uh, cars. Lightning McQueen, yeah. Light, Lightning McQueen. Oh, it's a decade old, but a new one came out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'll, like I'll follow you up on the Alexander James thing. This was definitely my favourite match of his that I've seen. Again, I've never rated him too highly, but. It just seems like he has become more technically sufficient and grounded, and just, he just looked really capable. Yeah, he he looked very able to just control the match, get a reaction he wanted. It was a great start to the weekend, I thought. I don't know if it's just because I'm used to watching him on VOD, where yeah. he's stuck in these like, mid cardy type matches where he doesn't really do anything. And he sort of glazes over it. Yeah, yeah, he just he just kind of he's very competent, which I've never appreciated until I saw yeah, tonight. Definitely a good showing for him. Next match. Next match was uh, Kim Ray versus Rafa. Oh, Rafa. <laughs> Rafa, all caps. From Portugal. Um, yeah, I've never seen him wrestle before. No. Uh, I had to ask what the deal was, and Striga said that uh, he was, um, he'd was come over from Portugal and to, to train in the, yeah. uh, in the academy in, in Essen. And they were like, all right, you're pretty good, we'll give you a shot. <laughs> That was and he is pretty good like it was slow opening to the match but by the end I thought like I got really into it and got into yeah. Rafa trying to win it he, he did find it difficult to connect to the crowd to yeah with. and when you start out as a baby face it's always really hard to, to get that connection to the crowd um, he might have been better off just doing your basic heel stuff like a Jackson Stonewood where you just come mm -hmm. out and you do all the ooh you surf <laughs> stuff um, but no I thought he was okay uh, he's got a lot to learn about uh, reading the crowd. Uh, Kim Ray beat him up for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was like a Lions Gate match here with like the veteran beating up the youngster and yeah, then just sort Kim of going over to leading it. But um, yeah, it was a fun little match. Room to improve. Good start for Rafa. <laughs> yeah. And then we had the uh, the ambition rules match, uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Volta. Definitely the highlight of the night. Looking forward to this, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that I really enjoyed the ambition tournament uh, at sixteen carat, and this was kind of the same thing, but it's like slightly longer than any of those matches went. I think uh, just very physical, and like you could just feel every blow, every like everything mattered. Which sometimes in wrestling you can sort of jump over certain bits of it or it doesn't look realistic like every, you were really engaged with this match throughout I think what I most liked about it is they, they always played into the whole thing that they're just teammates having a bit of a yeah a, yeah a, even when it got really physical like when uh, the best fight in the match where Volta asks uh, Thatcher to drop his hands and then just belts him across the face it was all done in sort of uh, sporting fashion almost. yeah like yeah there was, was banter like, at the start yeah, that was, mm. 
I like the fact that both of them managed to get a gag in before they even got in the way and had the crowd <laughs> laughing. It was like we, we came in to see you kill each other and we're having a laugh. And it was kind of that that light atmosphere, but a really intense match. Yeah, really I, I really enjoyed the atmosphere. It was perfect for Inner Circle, where you want did, that kind of... Did you notice uh, Christian uh, Michel Jacobi came down to watch? He spent the whole show up top. Yeah, yeah. The, well, it's not really the gorilla position, but like the, the top part where they do the commentary. Um, during that match, he came down onto the floor. Oh, and nice. <laughs> so yeah, he, he loves that style. Really good, really good style for Inner Circle, that kind of physical... Uh, you know, rolling around in the training school, but also kind of light-hearted, not over the top. Best thing about that building is the acoustics are fantastic. So if somebody like hits someone else with like a, a chop or a slap or something, the noise it makes <laughs> it's like a shotgun going off in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, definitely my favorite match of the night, and a good way to showcase what Inner Circle is, and it's not just a throwaway show. Okay, uh, next match after that was um, the unfortunately named JFK. Uh, that was Francis Caspin and Jay Skillet against the, I don't know what to call me, the TNA uh, LAX. EYFBO. EYFBO. Um, I've never seen them before, um, but they really impressed me. I thought they were really good. Yeah, th- this they were very creative. Got. All sorts of stuff I've never seen before. And there was some sensation. There was the there. walking over the Nigel. <laughs> I think we all love that one. Um, and yeah, they were just a lot of fun. They're clearly amped up to be here. Um, they enjoyed our chanting. <laughs> I don't think they'd heard a couple of them before. They, they came over. Like after, yeah. after the show, they came over and like came over to where we were all stood and were like, um, well, they singled out um, Matthew Gregg. Yeah. Obviously, they, they know him because everyone knows him. Uh, fucking <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of Matthew. <laughs> big fan. <laughs> Appreciate context to that one. Yeah, those two were really excited um, to be coming over here to Germany. Um, it showed, it really showed. Like they, they've been wrestling quite a long time. I, I don't know like the exact numbers, but I know for a fact that one of their. Um, I guess ambitions in wrestling was to, to come over and get booked for Europe. I, I'm pretty sure this is the first time in Europe for them. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm completely unsurprised to, to hear that they've been going all out effort wise, and I, I expect that <laughs> to continue throughout the rest of the free shows, and definitely look forward to it. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what they do with the mm-hmm. teams because the great thing about getting a new team is you have or, or a new wrestler coming into a, a territory almost uh, is that. You get to see these these different matchups, and I think it's the ones that you don't expect to be good that tend to be the ones that just kind of like, blow you away almost. Yeah, it's definitely you're not a, expecting it. definitely like an X Factor team within the eight in the tag league. Uh, after that one, we had uh, Jackson Stone against Ewan Simmons. Um, this was just banter, really. Just, yeah. <laughs> here's Ewan Simmons. Let's chant for him. <laughs> yeah, and doing a lot of the. Zach Gibson stuff for, for Jackson to try and get him to shut up. Yeah. Um, I've never particularly liked Jackson Stone as a wrestler. Uh, I thought he was fine here. Just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much just... Uh, he had a match with the Buff Bagwell early in the year, which oh, no. is currently my front runner for worst match of the year. 
This wasn't anything like amazing, but you know, it was fun. They did yeah, some okay. goofy, goofy stuff. This is a much better environment for them. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get more serious later on in the weekend. <laughs> but you know, still retain the banter. And the main event on this show was uh, David Starr against Homicide. <laughs> Fire for a random button. Yeah, really. It was um, a little bit off the wall. But um, Homicide played the heel in this, but not with any kind of seriousness. <laughs> so that was sort of... Yeah, I, I did uh, like um, David Starr's tights with the German colours and um, Hauptkampf, I think I'm saying that right, the main event. That was good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It, um, Marvin was trying to get a picture of it. The whole oh, time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tommy got it lined up perfectly. He'd move, yeah. It was a homicide a real highlight for me. The, uh, he got in a, trapped in a submission holder. He started yelling, I'm stuck. Ah, this hurts. Ah, this hurts. <laughs> that's some selling right there. And then he went, out to, went outside to buy himself some time and looked over to where we were and stood behind us was Patrick uh, Struber, mm-hmm. who's the um, uh, media uh, centre honcho. Um, Our boss of the weekend. <laughs> boss of the weekend. <laughs> not allowed to upset him. But he was wearing a um, Boston Red Sox cap and Homicide was like... <laughs> <laughs> so he made Very funny, up. subtle moment. That was good stuff. That's really not going to translate to a podcast. Oh yeah, you know, the, the the visual things. That yeah, Tom's take it off. He pointed at a hat and he said, "That's a bad hat." <laughs> That's what happened. And he, but he was also like showing a lot of effort and determination. And the this wasn't like a half-assed performance. Oh no, he was really good here. The, he did his uh, uh, toe bake on Hilo and. But he's still say, like saving up more for the. Turbin and Harlow shows. He's getting a little bit. Like it, it certainly wasn't him at full speed, but yeah, he was he was into it clearly. I'm not sure homicide can go at full speed. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully he'll prove me wrong over the next what three days. The, the big question though, did he say brap? Yeah. <laughs> he he I, was he was making him. some fun noises. I hope he didn't use up all his braps. <laughs> I'm sure there's still plenty of the thing. <laughs> and David Starr ended the show, he got the win, and ended the show with a buy my merch raw raw speech. <laughs> well, he kind of put homicide over for, for a couple of minutes and then said, oh yeah, and buy some merch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the big takeaway, I think. Massive product merch. Yeah, buy some merch. <laughs> and yeah, that was in a circle. That was our Thursday evening. And tomorrow, we're going to get started on interviewing people and also, obviously, night one of World Tag Team League. Any early predictions on who's going to win WTTL? Spirit Squad. Rob? Uh, put me on the spot, yeah. <laughs> um, A4. I'm going to be boring and say massive product. But... I would not be upset if EYFBO won it. <laughs> uh, after tonight, yeah. <laughs> E-Y-F-B-O That was in a circle We'll be back for more We have just come back From night one Of World Tag Team League At the Turbinenhalle it was very exciting to be back, and of course, Rob, it was the first time in the Turbine and Harlow. It was something, yeah. Like, 
when you see it on VOD, you know it's a very nice looking uh, venue, but like you, it doesn't necessarily stand out um, from say a York Hall or an electric ballroom or something. But when you get there in person, you really just get a sense that this is this is just a step above everything else we have on the the European Indies. It's just it, it's a perfect venue for wrestling for that many people um, and. The way WXW decked it out as well, it's just so mm-hmm. professional. It's definitely it's an impressive. Brilliant. It looks like a dump from the outside. Like, <laughs> yeah. In the inside, it's, it's probably my favourite venue. Yeah, it's just like a gigantic like mill warehouse kind of thing outside. But yeah, once you get in, it's very professional structure and an environment suited to good wrestling. <laughs> and we did get some of that tonight. Uh, so shall we begin? At the beginning. <laughs> well, the, the segue from good wrestling to the beginning doesn't to quite work. Lights we, Camera Jackson. Yeah. Who armed did not endear earlier. <laughs> well, I bantered it a bit on the, on the Twitter machine. And, mm. um, uh, he's got a sense of humour about it. <laughs> no, I, I like him to a certain extent, like as an undercard guy. Like, he gets the crowd riled up. Uh, he, he strikes me as being too basic to be at this level. And I've said that about a few people, but like for him, it just really stands out. He's certainly still learning the craft. Yeah, he's he's got the crowd interaction shit down because he's, mm. he's got a lot of very, very strong heel shtick. But like when he starts wrestling, it's just this is like very very basic stuff, and mm. it just it doesn't interest me. Yeah, it's all very generic. It's all very basic. Both really, both the in in ring and the character. Because while he's not doing a bad job with the character, it is very basic heel stuff, um, and it you know it works sure, to a degree. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like it, it's nothing revolutionary, that's for sure. And he doesn't stand out in any way, really. Mm. And he was up against Jay Skillet of JFK, who we had a good chat to as one of yeah, the interviewees. I don't think he really got a chance to, to endear himself in, in this no. match uh, because it, of the basicness of, of what Jackson He did a lot better um, in a circle against DYFBO. Yeah, when well, he was in with better, uh, better yeah, yeah. opponents. Yeah. This is like the warm-up match. Though, this was the warm-up, so yeah. The VOD, so you're not going to miss anything. Um, my notes here read, Zipper won Jackson zero because he had trouble getting his jacket off. <laughs> 1988 called it once its offence back and lights camera jack off <laughs> um, he did drop uh, the skillet dropped Jackson on his head with the Mishinoku driver which was a bit of Ooh, a yeah. moment which I completely forgot about until I saw the, the notes so yeah not a lot to talk about on the, the kick off yeah, basic match. and slightly sloppy pretty much sums it up uh, I mean, we got our first proper World Tag Team League match on the, the real show. Yeah, the Rotties versus Eat Your Fucking Balls Off. <laughs> <laughs> As we just watched a three-minute video to find out what EYFBO stands for. Um, slightly disappointing by the time we got to the end of it, but, you know. I, I think the problem they had here is, uh, like, the EYFBO boys, um, a very small percentage of the audience knew who they were. Mm. And the, it's the same, though, as it was uh, last night within a circle. It's like as the match went on, they got more and more over. They endeared themselves at Inner Circle. Yeah, Inner Circle was good for them. It was like a smaller environment to get over in, whereas they had to do it all over again. As as this tournament progresses, because they've got, now the crowd know who they are. You've got like, however many people were here tonight, was it about 500 maybe? 
I think that might be a tad generous. Yeah, it maybe like 400. Yeah. I head counted vaguely. <laughs> I mean, if, even if they do like 700 tomorrow, then you've got over half will we'll now have that connection. Yeah. I also don't think the Rottweilers were the best opponents for EYFBO uh, in that Homicide, you know, he's always been a bit sloppy and as he's got on a bit, he's become more sloppy and you can say similar things for Loki. Um EYFBO, they, they bring the energy a lot, but um, they're not the smoothest and cleanest of performers. So I think putting them in there uh, with... Uh, I forget who else is in their block, but um, there's potential... Briscoes and Rotties. They just face the Rottweilers. And Rinkamp. Yeah, I think, I think they'll probably have a better showing against Rinkamp because, like, when you're talking about never botches, that yeah, Volta yeah. is perfect for that, like... He'll make all their offense look brilliant if they can yeah. do half their offense. But you know, they'll be able to do some of the flying stuff. And a lot of their offense was flying here. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it, but like, it wasn't anything completely a blow away. Um, but again, it was it was cool to see the Rottweilers again for the first time. Ignore again, cut out future Rob. <laughs> I, I saw um, Homicide and Loki wrestle each other about twelve years ago, and this is nowhere near the the standard that they're at mm. then. Loki, I think, has deteriorated less. Uh, he's still pretty sharp, but yeah, he had a really good um, coup de gras type move. For yeah, he did the double stuff where he double got slung, sh- uh, slung shot. He got slingshotted onto the corner, <laughs> and then he he springboarded back yeah. off into it. I didn't think this back. match like really ever clicked, but it was a, weird, a decent all mates, start. So I yeah, guess they just haven't worked before, together before. I guess not. Match, no. I think with Loki, like. The offense he does looks doesn't look significantly worse than it used to. It's just the pace he does everything at is like just turned down quite a lot. Whereas with Homicide, it's just a general deterioration, really. But it, it was still a fun showing here and a good opener, I thought. The, the good thing with Homicide is he's a very giving wrestler. So yeah. like he, he went out there specifically to make the other team look good. He didn't necessarily achieve what he set out to do, <laughs> but he, he had the pin and you know he's, he was good about it. So. I was very disappointed that Homicide didn't say brap, though. That was, <laughs> he know uh, you called it out to I did, I did. But there's still two more nights for me to uh, get my elusive brap. Then we got the Spirit Squad. Uh, and <laughs> hope, high, not even, not really high hopes, but any <laughs> hopes no, uh, yeah, deteriorated quickly. <laughs> immediately, because I guess they were supposed to be the faces in this match. But the and crowd were booing them. <laughs> crowd, well, one section of the crowd hated them yeah. from the get-go. But I think in general they were Ken- getting booed. Kenny Dome couldn't resist and launched into a heel tirade before the Got match started. Too. So now Mikey was the only face in the match. <laughs> but then everyone hated Ken. But yeah, this match stank. They got good... In the last minute, I enjoyed the last minute, but everything up to that. Everything up to that was, uh, yeah, not too good. And I just can't remember who said it, but um, I was talking to someone just after the match, and uh, they said uh, you can tell they've been working in front of their crowds uh, because they do like big, overblown selling and bumping mm. specifically to try and reach somebody who's sat in the back row of the 20,000 venue, whereas what they were having to do here was more, needed to be more subtle. There's a lot of... Uh, I really don't like the whole kick-punch approach. that you punch. get If you've been in WWE, you've seen an awful lot of this stuff, mm. and stomps and stuff. And, yeah, there's a lot of that. 
there was one spot in this match where it was, I think, yeah, it was it was Mikey, and he was doing his like stomp, shout out a letter, oh. spelling out his name, but like he hasn't been regularly on WWE TV for so long. Obviously, had that short run on SmackDown, but oh. he never really got to like reestablish his spots. He was doing the st- stomp M, stomp I, and it took till about E until the crowd realised what he was doing. They were like, "What's he spelling out?" Oh, his name! Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like that was just a general tone of the match. Like, but to their, to be fair to them, maybe to swing the slightest positive on this. This was on paper the match that worked worse for both these teams. Yeah. Because the Spirit Squad are, were always going to be like a stick-based team in this tournament. And their shtick doesn't really work against heels because their shtick is heel stuff. Mm. And with Rise being, you know, I guess, the dominant heel faction in the company, it's not like they're going to go face for this one match. So, yeah, it just didn't work. But hopefully both these teams have got better things coming up. Definitely. If they Spirit don't, Squad something's will be able to banter with the other two teams. And obviously Rise has history with the other two teams yeah, in storyline. If they wanted to, like, Ken Doe could get some serious heat. But... Uh, in that match, he was never going to get it. Even nah. though he did, pretty much, <laughs> he still got that heat. So, oh, dear. There's potential. Uh, although he did seem to injure himself at the end of the match, taking the yeah, yeah. to the floor. So, Things didn't right. get too much better with Julian Nero of yeah. Nero Consulting versus the Mac in what has been a weird story for the Mac. Like, it'll work if it all pays off well, but it's not good for, like, match crowd reactions, I well, don't think. Julian Nero's not a good professional no. wrestler um, by any stretch of the imagination. He... Looks like a really muscular Bambi, and his—it's like when he comes charging into the ring and he's like his limbs are all over the place. He just looks so uncoordinated. Um, and I don't think it's a lack of experience per se. He's been wrestling quite a long time. Now. Yeah, he just doesn't have it. Whatever, whatever it is, he look, he's got kind of looks good because he's he's tall and he's got a terrible moustache. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's not a good opponent to, to get the Mac over. Um, he did do the thing where he steps out of the way when uh, when Demac did a did his little flippy do out the corner. Is that the Mac attack? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, he just stepped out of the way of it, and that, that got a so, yeah. Demac is the still a big loser. He kicked out at 2.99, but it was oh, kind yeah, of free. It was well. kind of weird. I mean, thinking about it, maybe it would fit with the story if he kicked out just after free. Like, if that was the plan for, like, of his continued losing streak and just coming up, you know, just screwing up repeatedly. Mm. Um, but it, it didn't come off very clear. It just came up off like something went wrong because no one reacted to the finish and then it was kind of everyone went... Oh, was that it? Oh, okay. We thought we just fucked that up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm surprised that didn't get used Maybe the commentary made a point of it. I don't know. We've got the Zack Sabre Jr. is coming to 17th anniversary show. That's exciting. Which, like, kind of got a meh from me at first, but then when you heard the reaction from the crowd, like, because it's been He's quite been a long time. A while. I mean, I've seen him wrestle, like, seven, eight times yeah. this year. Yeah, so we've so kind of gotten numb to him. It's but like, oh, Zach, that's nice. But the crowd's like... It's like, really he's still a nice. really big deal in, in Germany. And probably more so because he hasn't been there for so long. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, can't fault that at all when that got a great reaction. And then we got 
Fat Mandy Batman, and Robin yeah. Annie. But it was it, a very exciting uh, it was, deal. I don't know what they were saying, but it, it popped me. It was hilarious. Um, I love the fact that Marius was playing like the part of a small child. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like a high pitch squeaky He didn't voice. start like that, but uh, <laughs> from my the little German I know, um, he started in his normal voice, and then uh, I think Alani said, "No, do the voice like I told you to." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy did. Yeah, yeah, Andy said that, and then Marius like kind of reluctantly I mean, half rolled his eyes and went with this voice. <laughs> Andy is the absolute king of WXW. The king of the um, dads. King of the dads. And oh, the absolute right. boy. And I, he was doing really, really well in this match. I was like, I keep forgetting how fucking great absolute Andy is. <laughs> we just all remember it is like he points at toilet doors. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he does the... He didn't really get much Andy. of a shot in at, uh 16 carat. But yeah, now that this is the tag league, that's, this is his element. Like, he, he's going to really do well. That Batman reveal was great. <laughs> when they came out and... Um, Marius took his mask off and, and the, the crowd was like <gasps> <laughs> and then um, they had this big build up for Andy taking his taking his Batman mask off and then Ewan Simmons back pumped it yeah. the, the reveal uh, both entrances yeah. were great in this yeah. one. Oh yeah the, um, David Starr trying to do the um, yeah. and he kept looking over at Ewan like trying to copy it like he was playing a ukulele <laughs> trying to find the chords <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked their video board as well, with uh, Massive yeah. Product coming together as one. And yeah. all their nicknames. Well, Jan Simmons has just stolen nicknames from Game of Thrones. Yeah, but <laughs> stolen all his nicknames from Game of Thrones. Or, um, like 90%. Or Carsten Beck. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, some from here, some he, from he needs to keep up with David Starr somehow. Um, and yeah, this match. I thought was a real bang. I like, thought this match was absolutely tremendous, yeah. Um, I loved the fact that they started out by spamming shoulder blocks. <laughs> <laughs> it just built so well. It, they, they kept it so simple at the start and it just built and built mm-hmm. and built. And right when it peaked, it ended, which is so many matches, especially on the indies, they'll peak and then they'll go on for like a couple more minutes and yeah, then the finish will happen. Okay, and, you'll, yeah. and you'll kind of go you know what, I would have enjoyed it more if you hadn't just done that extra stuff. This one nailed it in pretty much every yeah, way. Yeah, the last couple of spots were very well put together and very fluid. And yeah. Like David started diving out of the ring to keep out, um, Andy out of the ring. The flow really was just stuff. magnificent, wasn't it? Like there, there was no point in this match where you got the sense, well actually apart from the, the very opening spot where there was a, a very long handshake um, <laughs> where me and Arm were kind of talking to each other, I was like, have they forgot the opening spot? And they're like murmuring it to each other. Like, it's a shoulder block. <laughs> oh yeah. What's after that? A shoulder block. <laughs> yeah, got you. Okay, let's go. Uh, uh, but after that, um, there was no point whatsoever in this match where it even appeared that they were like, having to think at all it mm. just it just seamlessly transitioned from sequence to yeah. sequence right and from the beginning to the end it, I can't say enough good things it's about a this a great match. advertisement yeah. for WXW wrestling because these are like the two top the, teams they have the, the great thing about this is that uh, the massive products are that good as a team they're probably going to the final so yeah. we've got like another three really good matches <laughs> from them coming up this is good. Um, and we had intermission, and then coming out with Rico and Rico and Dirty yes. Dragon. Rico and Dirty Dragon advertising. Yeah, trying to sell tickets to a podcast. It's happening now, <laughs> so I'm guessing we're not going. There are currently at least three podcasts that we know of recording currently. Um, <laughs> what happens in Oberhausen stays in Oberhausen. Uh, yes, 
Uh, especially if no one goes to I, goes to see it, the little I, I don't there. think the uh, graphic was uh, particularly subtle about what's going to be going down. I mean, he could have had slightly reddened eyes for any reason and be smoking a slightly badly made, badly cigarette. made cigarette. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, and then there was a, a leaf there too. I'm not sure why that yeah. was there, but yeah, maybe Canadian maple leaf type deal. Look like that. Um. In case you're not getting this, uh, Dirty Dragon uh, said he might use drugs and suck a dick. <laughs> he didn't say that. Uh, he did he not was. utter the word dick. You are you are making um, assumptions I'm there. I'm pretty sir. sure we're gonna have into his mouth. plenty. Of, we're gonna have plenty of dragon in this podcast. <laughs> He's got a lot to say. Uh, then we had the shotgun title match, uh, Ivan Kiev versus the Avalanche, and the Avalanche was popping off. Uh, oh, I yeah, really, Avalanche really thought he looked good. Ivan Kiev wasn't. No. He's he was kind of just the... I keep saying it, that he's not very good, but what I, what I said to Ollie while the match was happening, I said, look, if all he ever did was just get beaten up, because he's, he's like, selling yeah. the bumping's fine, and he's, like, he's a dick. Look, so if you get beaten up for the whole match and then won by cheating, I'd be fine with that. It's just he seems to get in so much offense, and like I just I'm watching it and going, and none of it looks any good. Yeah, (laughs) and like his transitions between offense are super clumsy and sloppy too. It's it's not good. He looks so out of place here. See, it's not just me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he did have a very good match against Walter. Um, I mean, I feel like I could have a very good match against Walter. I mean, it would have to be a squash, but a very short match. (laughs) He boots me in the but face, yeah. my shoulder pops out, and I tap, yeah. I thought the only, the only good parts of this match were, like, Avalanche sort of auditioning as a face, and at the start, like, just no-selling Kiev. That I was, was good very fun. thrilled with the um, spot where uh, Kiev tried to trip him up from the outside. Oh, I love and that. And Avalanche just dragged him dragged back, him back in. Foot. That was awesome. Because you kind of... I've done, I I've never looking, seen that. No. I've done like that. I've seen it, like slow as hell but that was the way he did it it was just it was like it was so one continuous yeah. just like, like oh you come in because it, it the way they like set it up if he had have pulled into the floor it would have just looked real goofy because oh. like it, he wasn't unstable at all and Avalanche is a massive guy who looks sturdy as hell on his feet just like Ivan Kiev slightly woozily dragging at his foot if it had have pulled him down it would have looked super <laughs> dodgy but the exi- there were quite a few things like that on this show where it was Logic. just like Things that would usually happen in wrestling and look a bit eh. Just logic was applied that you don't (laughs) usually see in wrestling and you just went, yes, that's how it should be. (laughs) When we we saw Jacoby back in 16 Carat, he said that, like, part of the planning of the matches is based around, like, the weight and size of the guys. So I think WXW probably does that better than most in just applying... That's got that stuff. slightly wrong with Kiev and Volta because I think Kiev got way too much offense yeah. in that mm. match. And like you can you can sometimes forgive it if like there's a clear like speed versus power deal and like the guy is on top because he's utilizing his superior speed, but he didn't even come across as as he was being like what advantage did that match display Kiev having? He didn't look quicker, he didn't look smarter yes, really. Free goons. Yeah, he yeah, had so. friends. 
and they weren't involved until halfway through the match and he got a bunch of offense in the first yeah. half it so was... the match ended with a DQ uh, Rise beating up Avalanche Nero comes to save him ineffectively but then Ilya Dragunov comes and very effectively like, saves him Nero looked completely useless in that room <laughs> and Dragunov, Dragunov looked he, he looked awesome like, and very hyped for tomorrow it was like everyone there knew it was happening yeah it was like it, it's a super played out thing the the actual running at first when you kind of had the rise boys going okay we're taking this the the hits from Ilya first so us two will run at him the other two will just stand there and wait until Ilya turns his attention to us that was a bit dodgy um but like once that initial little flurry of Ilya the showdown happened, with bad bones was that was very excellent. intense decked him like with the torpedo mask goes that it kind of intensified the, the, the whole this finish was a killer yeah. because he just got caught with that and nowhere and then he was just lying there in the middle of the ring and it's like he's down for at least three minutes. <laughs> and I think it also did a good job of making bad but like uh, Ilya came out and destroyed all the other four Rise members then Bad Bones like got the upper hand on him for a significant portion and as you said got caught with a torpedo in Moscow um, but like Bad Bones was displayed at least as a close equal to him, yeah, which was good. And I think that's that, that's kind of the story they're kind of going for with, with Rise. As, I don't know if you've seen like the five-on-five five elimination match. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but the story from that is kind of like there's Bad Bones and then there's no one else of much consequence in the group and Bad Bones knows it. Um, he knows these are kind of just his goons um, he doesn't really rate them at all, but they've helped him get the title just by sheer weight of numbers. Um, so it's not like that's an accidental thing. I'm not sure it's a story I particularly love because you're introducing a bunch of guys and not giving them too much credibility. Well, they kind of pushed them up really hard at the at the like from the start of the, the storyline, but I don't think they were aware of how many limitations mm-hmm. all of them had. Oh, the I tag, do the wonder. The team are pretty good, but like they're. I think Kiev leaves a lot to be desired and Bounce is useless. They're like... The, the Young Lions are like good, but they're not like... They can't be your crown jewel of a stable, definitely. They're mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. They're, they're solid little backups uh, and, and good good to have around the tag division, but I wouldn't say they're like a... They're, they're probably, what, the fourth or fifth best team in WXW? And it's not like WXW have a huge roster, but, you know, I'm putting Ring Camp ahead of them, I'm putting Massive Product ahead of them, I'm putting JFK ahead of them. Um, I can't even think of any of the tag teams so I guess they slide in fourth but um, <laughs> yeah um, I do wonder if Bad Bones being in uh, Rise was originally planned or they went they went a few months into it and went you know what we can't have anyone there's no singles guy here really mm. um, I, I mean I think WXW in general plan things out far enough and are smart enough that you can give them the credit it's they probably have bad bones whoever but... gets booed heavily at character turns <laughs> yeah. the year, so it kind of makes sense it, yeah like but you could see a world in which they went ah these four rise guys will, will work and then they had to go no they need they need someone as their figurehead bad bones you kind of need a turn perfect that, that'll do um, but yeah overall I thought it was a good angle yeah, I, I'm fond of uh, the way they, they set everything up. It's just, I'm very burned out on like big, well, they're not even that big, there's only five of them, but like heel stables that continually interfere in time. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a yeah. drag. The, the match was 
The match would have been better if it had just been Avalanche squashing him and then the interference causing the yeah, DQ. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it ended up being like small amounts of interference throughout and then a big amount of interference just ending the match and like at no point did you ever really care and you always got the feeling that Avalanche was never going to win because you know it had DQ written all over it I think the, the big uh, bonus form here is how good Avalanche looked yeah, yeah, yeah. baby face session. he looked top tier and you, and you do the one thing we, we haven't overtly mentioned is there was kind of a Cerberus reunion yes. team to potentially go against Rise well they've ne- they've always sort of been pals and they've always sort of backed each other up like well, it was Ilya's just come off a, a feud with I mean Oscar, ne- Nero I mean yeah. but and the, yeah they had the stare down between Dragonov and Avalanche I and think that's like Ilya yeah. offered the handshake as well and then Dusk yeah. is like no you've done too much it's, it's compelling like Even it's not just faces and heels it is Cerberus but he did he also took a long time to come out to make the save so it was almost true. There's, there's that feeling yeah. that like was there like he was like, oh, do I have to? Do I have to? You know, I probably should. I, I really hate these rise guys at the moment. Yeah, he just wants the backup. Yeah, that's what Drosk is thinking. You've only come out to save me, so I come out to save you tomorrow in the big titles. Mm. And you that's an interesting little. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting little quirk to add on to tomorrow's tag title, uh, not um, world title match. Um, will Drosker come out to even numbers? Will the other like? Straight if Drysker comes out, he's getting a pretty big pop. Oh, yeah. Because you know there's going to be... And then players. imagine if he then turns again. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it wouldn't again, even be a turn. It would kind of be like staying heel. But everyone, what like, everyone's expecting a face I'm turn. Dragging off from Drysker again. <laughs> Surely not. No. I, I mean, I don't... If they don't do the title change, which I feel like they probably should because... From that pop that Dragonov got, he yeah, was ready to be the top probably, guy. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, so is Volta from the reaction he got in the main event, but we'll get to that in a sec. Um, but yeah, if they don't do the title match, I don't think it can just be the existing Rise members interfere again and he doesn't win again. Well, uh, is it again at this point? Well, he was in a match. It was a freeway, was wasn't he? took him out of the match. Yeah, yeah. Um... I do expect Dreisker to be involved in some capacity. It might just be a face turn and him teaming up with or well, helping Ilya and then you kind of spin off until uh, Tag League and you have kind of a, a freeway Cerberus versus WXW faces versus Rise feud type deal. I don't think they're going to go back to Cerberus though because you've got like Ilya has spent so long kind of bubbling under within Cerberus and then it's like he's finally like broken free, broken out, become a main event star and do you really want to put him back with them? Like? I mean, I think it's a different dynamic to have him as like the leader though uh, and have them faces or uh, at bare minimum kind of tweeners. I wouldn't mind them as a tag team every now and again but I don't think they should be like a... <laughs> Nero can just go away. Yeah, you guys have said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shall we talk about the main event? Sure. Go for it. I, I was, <laughs> like pre-match, I was very much the ring camp fella. Yes. Because um, politically, I don't really agree with the Briscoes. Would that be? It a, was a little bit problematic yeah. on the, on the big screen. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's that Ring of Honor Titan Tron. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, that's SPG. Ring of Honor is a bit problematic. <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, the 
you know, the ring work. The ring work can speak for itself. <laughs> yeah, the um, this is for me. This is all about Volta. Like yeah. Thatcher looked good. Um, he always looks a lot better in WXW than the ten. Yeah, it was all about the big tag ins to Volta and yeah, him clearing was, house. It was very much a case of here comes Volta. Volta destroys everyone with <laughs> strikes and suplexes, and then we have another little bit of a lull, and then he comes back in and does it again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was beautiful. And the Briscoes took them really, really well. Like, and also like, th- there's not too many people that can like, not quite go toe to toe with Walter because they didn't. But a lot because a lot of the time they got the advantage. It was from their double teams, but they their offense has kind of a, a legitimacy to it that you, it doesn't look in in the way that Kiev's offense on Dryska. You were kind of like, eh, really. Um, the Briscoes, they bring a level of stiffness that you're like, yeah, I can see that, I can see that. Uh, in terms of their problematicness, I just think with wrestling in general, uh, maybe it's setting the bar too low for wrestlers, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I have the, I'm lucky enough to have the ability that I can completely divorce the, the person from the art. I've once the, once the match is in the way, but I'm definitely rooting for the other thing. That's fair. Well, they were the heels here in this situation. Yeah. So. The, um, some of the strikes that, that Volta was doing in this match was so good. The head kicks, mm-hmm. especially. The head kicks. Jay Briscoe took these so them so well. The lariat where he just killed. Oh, oh, there was two. There was two. Yeah, was two yeah. We were we were real lucky. <laughs> <laughs> we got double duty. I thought Mark struggled a little bit with some of the offense, but like Jay Briscoe's seven in this was just top draw. The, the chop battle wasn't quite what we've come to expect from yeah, Volta matches, but like it, it was no, by no means bad. Um, but it, I don't know. Mark's just kind of Mark's got a weird chest in that it it very much angles into his neck, and you almost <laughs> got the sense from Volta's like angle above him. He was really struggling to hit the chest and avoid the neck because the first few went straight into Mark's neck, and you could kind of see him coughing up a bit when I'm like, wait a second, give me a second here. Um, but yeah, this was a really good match. It didn't quite live up to my expectations, but that's probably because my expectations were stupidly high. I, I enjoyed this a lot, but I wouldn't quite say this was a great match. I thought the mm. um, the A4 massive product match blew it away. Yeah, I, that a little higher. Yeah. No, I thought we, we had two very good tag matches. Oh, yeah, they're both and, good. Yeah. yeah, maybe blow it away is a slight exaggeration. I think it was a, uh, I was at four and a quarter and three and three yeah. quarters. We're not and really miles away, they but. set the table up very nicely yeah. for day two. Uh, we've got... Uh, uh, it's Briscoe's against um, the you know, fucking ball of... <laughs> Those guys. The ball um, eaters. <laughs> ball eaters. We've got the Rotties against Ring Camp, uh, Massive Project against the Spirit Squad, and A4 with the Young Lions. That's tomorrow. And also the world title and match. The title and Ginny versus Melanie Gray in the Women's Championship Tournament. And that's another bracket that we like to see. <laughs> yeah, that's actually something I've not been following because I've just been... Yeah, it's only just started, so, so it's not really... There's been a couple of matches yeah. so far, but I actually don't know who's won, so... How about Pauline's injury? Because she's in that as well, she's isn't she? She's not on uh, Femme Fatale. Right. I know yeah. that much. Uh, apparently, whoever she was facing has got a bye because okay. it's too late to arrange a replacement. Mm. Because she's also in this um, the title tournament. And I guess because they're spreading that over quite a long time, they can shuffle things around, have her have a few late matches. 
if the injury is not like super long, but if she's out until like early next year or something, then they're gonna have to do something. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is today, so like I haven't yeah. more details on it. And speaking of femme fatale, we've got a very busy day tomorrow. We're going to the academy, uh, taking a tour around it. Uh, we've got the femme fatale show in the afternoon, more interviews, uh, day two, and then the after party. So it's going to be a very busy, very exciting day. I'm just looking at the femme fatale's card here. It's changed slightly because I don't think half of those women are in it anymore. <laughs> They've had some yeah, terrible luck with it, changes. but yeah. Yeah, we will talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. Tony Storm versus Ginny apparently is the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. So looking forward I to I think that. that's still on, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Kelly? Um, it's <laughs> half of Kelly Kelly, of course. Uh, yeah, I don't know, because she's replacing like uh, alpha female, so. And but on that note. Who is uh, not here for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> that's Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Very perfect for the uh, yeah. <laughs> point <laughs> on that, to program. On that podcasty yeah. note, we will say goodbye for today, but we'll come right back with more interviews or something. Let's find out. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, she she really projected well. Like, the, I don't know if you've seen the Mayan Classic final, but I thought, like, with her little experience, Kelly projected better than Baszler. And hmm. look at the push Baszler's getting. Um, obviously, she's got the legitimate background. I, I don't know anything about Kelly, but you know, she wasn't in the USC. Um, yeah, the, the match itself never really fully got going. There were some miscommunications early going in the early guns, and by the time they, they seemed to like properly get going, get into somewhat of a flow, and then the match just ended, I thought. Yeah, that whole time, I think, is that's like she is really inexperienced. It was a solid introduction and at short notice as well. Um, I do want to talk about the Wesner match in more detail against Tony Storm because this was just very hectic and heated. Obviously, they did some crowd brawling, but and also a crazy suplex on the chairs, which looked like it hurt a bit. There's one area in the floor where, where there's a seating, so they brought into the middle of it and then did a suplex spot yeah. in the middle of all the chairs. It sounded really painful, but we were on the floor, so we couldn't actually see. Mm. And was just Wesner's look I really enjoyed, and um, you know her whole Yamaha at the pub <laughs> deal going on. Like I could definitely get into that. I, I usually hate walking brawls because they're just lazy, but this one was the complete opposite of that. It was so energetic. It was... Mm. It, it it felt rugged. I think it was it was a great way to to kick off the match because uh, basically uh, Tony Storm goes for a tie up to start the match, uh, similar to how she starts both the final and uh, first round match. Uh, and Vesna just like looks at her and says no, kicks her in the stomach, and starts <laughs> laying in like several knees, and then throws her to the outside, and then from there he goes straight into a a massive brawl. Um, yeah. Massive fan. I I gave this match four stars. I was I was all over it. I wouldn't argue with that. No. Yeah, it was probably the highlight of the tournament. Uh, the oh, final was Tony Storm versus Viper, and it didn't really live up to the, the Wesner match. But I think well, having three matches, like, yeah, twice having three matches in such a short period of time, they're inevitably gonna lessen the quality of them. And I enjoyed the least... show though. I enjoyed the show. Oh yeah, definitely. I thought it was a better show than last year. Last year. They had a lot of issues. The the women's scene has improved so much over the last year that mm-hmm. it's it's a lot easier for them to book. And I I did like the makeup of the tournament as a whole. Like they had some like top tier uh, women like Tony Storm and Viper and all the new faces Wesner and Kelly or new to us at least. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely like a fascination there. Which is saying something. I think. Of the original field, only three of them made it into the actual tournament. <laughs> um, or, or maybe it was four and one replacement got replaced. I think that was it. But yeah. Um, in terms of reaction-wise, I was quite surprised that Melanie, you know, her, her current gimmick is like uber-face type yeah, yeah. Um She really didn't get much of a reaction. She didn't get much of a, a face reaction. In fact, she got cheered when she got eliminated. So... <laughs> um, yeah, the most pe- over people in this were the main young classic people. I think that was yeah. the, and they that's also clearly what's got, got the attention. spotlight. So, um, I think more so over here than than in the UK, even because um, in the UK you have um, female wrestlers who weren't in the main young classic but were over beforehand and are, are still you know upper tier over levels. Like, mm. um, but here it was very noticeable. You had. 
Viper and Tony Storm over to like a tier above for everyone else, I thought. Yeah, in terms of like, reaction and shit. Uh, what do we make of the whole, um, it's a women's show, let's put on a comedy man's match like, just before the paper. Well, the thing is, you got to put something on yeah. between the semis and the finals. And they, they went with I, Dirty Drug and Jackson I, Stone and yeah. Dirty Drug and defending the honour of women's wrestling. I, I do yeah. like that the match was like all the comedy fluff that you would normally get from like a, a women's match. They did the, uh, like an, a women's match in the... WWE dark days yeah, yeah, yeah. where they did when they would be the piss break yeah. so they had like a pillow fight <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that turned into a very good spot where they, they did the DDT onto the pillow and it was no soul because it yeah. cushioned the landing I mean it's it's doing something with the undercard guys like it would be a shame if Dragon went through this weekend without having a match because you know he is very charismatic I do like Dragon I didn't have uh, a problem from it from the stance of men shouldn't be on a women's tournament show because, you know, it's not like there aren't tag matches, there are non-tag matches on the World Tag League show. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't think, I think if you if you really want to elevate women's wrestling to the point where it's, you know, unfortunately we're still a long way away from it, but it's on, viewed on the same level as, as men's wrestling, then you kind of have to treat it the same way. And no one throws an outrage when on a, uh, like super strong star weekend. That's a men's tournament, um, and yet one of uh, a famous match from from that from a couple of years back is Pollyanna versus Ginny, and no one for a fit said this is a men's tournament. There, there shouldn't be, uh, and I think yeah, you're being a little oversensitive if you if you're viewing a, a women's tournament, seeing a men's mm-hmm. match. One thing I can understand the criticism of is that. Um, Jackson Stone came out insulted a bunch of women and then to defend the honour a man came out yeah. uh, but then because it then was a comedy match then you know it, I, I don't have much of a problem with it Jackson Stone is gimmick so outdated it's so generic heel yeah. isn't it <laughs> I don't I don't want to run him down too much <laughs> I just don't like him that's fair um, we'll just wrap up by saying Tony Storm the winner of the tournament and we'll get a shot at the then newly crowned women's champion uh, yeah, at the start of December next year. December 23rd she's getting the, the title shot I think. Oh no that's when yeah. the oh, that's title is being crowned yeah oh, and okay. then beginning of next year she gets the Back shot to against the roots, her. I think. Yeah yeah. Okay, I miss her my German's bad. <laughs> During this show they also um, announced Wrestling Deutschland as a thing. Oh yeah yeah. Um, do you want to give that a brief talk or read two time time? Yeah um yeah, we'll go. <laughs> we'll say that now. Um, Wrestling Deutschland, they're doing, uh, uh, adding another show to the 16 Carat Weekend next year, uh, teaming up with several small German promotions with WXW, all going to be putting on this singular show down the road or just at the cr- Cult Temple. At the Cult Temple with the Shouty Man <laughs> on its advertisements. Um, and yeah, that's a really cool idea that would never happen in Britain. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Uh, I think he named about three, four promotions that yeah. would be involved in it. So uh, he, they reached out to more, but that's what they've got. I, I also think the again, my German's not brilliant, and uh, but for, from what I was understanding, uh, the invite he also like was openly putting an invite out there to other German promotions to reach out and contact him. Okay. So so we might see more because you know we're still quite a way out from Carrot. 
uh, at that moment they got freer, I think. That's going to be a busy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Even busier on this. Wrestling on that weekend. And we're going to have to end this because of horrible, horrible time constraints because we're very, very busy people this weekend. <laughs> Too much wrestling. A lot of wrestling to do. So we'll be back with night two, night three, and shenanigans. It is the morning after the night before here in Oberhausen. <clears throat> Mr. On Furious is looking rough, <laughs> if he doesn't mind me saying so. <laughs> well, I feel rough as well. So, so. Mm. And I, I graciously gave up my bed to Mr. Rob Reed. Uh, I hope he had a good night's sleep because of that. <laughs> Significantly better. Significantly better. And, uh, you know, I wasn't too upset with the floor, so... Uh, the tone is a little more subdued than usual in British Roundtable headquarters, but we will try and recap night two and, of course, the now legendary after party, um, where one joke has uh, changed the landscape of British somewhat. Um, before we actually get to that, uh, which we will later, I just want to say that I didn't understand it the first like four or five times I heard it, and when it finally like clicked, I was like, uh... <laughs> God, I'm stupid. We'll get to that. Alan had the same thing. Yeah. It was it was quite something, uh, quite a performance from Mr. Mike Kilby. Uh, <laughs> yes. At the after party, we'll but yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, we've done Femme Fatales already, so. Wait for the main event. We will get on to night two straight straight out of the gates. Uh, yeah, we started with the uh, Briscoes against the EYFBO. But it was a bit luchery. <laughs> they did the running Nigel again or the walking oh, yeah, Nigel, Nigel. Um, Nigel. <laughs> circle. yeah this is a good way to start the show I thought Briscoe is always uh, fun to watch and EYFBO seemed to have sort of been slotted in as the opening team <laughs> this weekend yeah, to get the crowd pumped up <clears throat> from the sounds of things I enjoyed this a lot more than both you guys I thought this was match of the night um, oh really This, I love this with my no, I, I did really enjoy it, like, um, but it's just that after all that has gone on, it's difficult to remember all the nuances. <laughs> I may have to watch it back, but I do remember in the moment I was very much into it. Yeah, I think this is my third favourite match I've, I've seen so far this weekend after the, the Vesna match and the, um, uh, the massive product match on night one. Um, but I may have been swayed slightly as they, uh, they really appealed to my very small niche of um, nerdy tag legality stuff. Um, whoever that ref is, ref is, I love him because he um, he went out of his way to tell someone, no, that's not a legal tag. <laughs> Go do it again. Mm. And that adds at least about three stars. Who <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it uh, was it Tass? Uh, no, it was. Oh, I don't know his name. Felix Schultz. Yeah, I think, I think he's right. like the the second one, the second main ref. Bit stouter than yeah. yeah. Well, Tass is taller than everyone, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Anything else to say about this one or? No. <laughs> I, I thought these two teams worked way better together than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was a far better showing for EYFBO than the first night. Yeah. Um, In general, they're having a great week, though. Yeah, um, I thought the the Briscoes. 
being as clean workers as they are really help EYFBO, who, if they have a criticism, it is that they are sometimes a little sloppy. Um, but having such clean workers um, in there with the being in there with the Briscoes uh, really helped in that regard. In that, like um, EYFBO could bring the energy and bring the flashiness, while the Briscoes would make sure things were always held together. Yeah, definitely. Next match. <laughs> Next match. Uh... They rolled out even Kiev and uh, had them defend the shotgun title against uh, Alexander James, our mate from the uh, training mm-hmm. academy. Um, Avalanche again, and Bobby Guns. Yeah, we're big fans of Alexander James after this weekend, and obviously getting to see him take a class uh, in the academy was awesome to see. Uh, he did, however, break his own cardinal rule twice in this match by slapping his leg on a cool <laughs> kick over the top rope, which he pointedly said he didn't like <laughs> so whether he was just joshing with us or uh trying to pop the boys i don't know but the boys. i mean the boys. Our, our estimation of the man has gone way up uh having seen him in action both in the ring and training the younger guys oh definitely uh, yeah. it's also a really good showing from avalanche uh oh yeah he had two matches uh this well so far this weekend that have been focused on how much of a, like, a monster mm. he is. And, and I think we both him. liked, obviously we commented on the spot on night one where he pulled Ivankiev into the ring yeah. after um, he tried to you know drop him to the floor. And this time Kiev went for, Kiev went for the same move, but uh, Bobby Guns joined him in on it and they both brought Avalanche to the floor. I have a sneaking suspicion it was actually Alexander Jones. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. T- t- two men... Yeah managed to bring down Avalanche and again just a, an extension of the fact that they use the size of guys and think about it properly yeah. and that was a nice little reward for paying attention on night one. Yeah I was having a, a chat with Avalanche at the after party and he said that was seeing the crowd get that spot because he was a little worried because when you think about it, in the grand scheme of things everything that's happened on the weekend having a guy pulled into the ring doesn't sound like a big thing so he was a bit worried that um, obviously that was playing off the spot from the night before. He was worried that people wouldn't get it. But um, he was saying that yeah, it, it was really uh, gratifying to, mm. to be able to like look around as the second person grabbed his leg and have the crowd go, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he said that was like, for such a minor thing, that was one of his favourite things of the, the mm. weekend so far. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. That... It's strange that in a in a massive weekend of wrestling, these are the things we come away thinking <laughs> of. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's mainly because we had that that thing with Alexander James. It's made us think more about the little things. Yeah. And one of my favourite things in wrestling is when uh, like somebody attempts something and is successful, and then they attempt it again at a later point, uh, whether it's in the same match or whether it's in a, another match, and it is then countered because the person that he's done it to has figured out a way to. To sort of that, mm. in this case, with it being two people instead of one. Yeah, that's sort of a highlight of the match, I think, for us. Like the rest <laughs> yeah. of it was maybe a little bit anonymous. The um, thing. <laughs> Ivan Kiev uh, winning. Was it on a roll up or did he? Uh, he hit his oh yeah, he hit his finish on James. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a little bit um, uh, of an anonymous four way apart from that one spot, which <laughs> we're nerding out about. I thought it was. A better showing for Kiev than the first night. Yeah. Where I thought he was actively He's better bad. in those multi-man matches yeah, where yeah. he kind of gets hidden away a little bit more. He he was he was fine here, whereas previously, yeah, the first night he was match. bad. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you know that's 
And again... A slightly damning praise when that's as, as much as you can say. Next match. Next match was supposed to be uh, Ginny versus Mel Gray, but yeah. uh, she'd injured her ankle, was it? Ankle, knee? Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but I she was injured. It was knee, because she did a, a spot in the um, the match with... I've completely forgotten Yeah, Viper. But he was Viper. Yeah, she did a spot where she did like the running knee in the corner and Viper moved out the way. She actually followed through and like kneed the turnbuckle. And at the time I was thinking, that's really cool because like she still followed through with the move like she was going to do it and it just it looks better. Like she hadn't had time. She hadn't had time to like adjust so she she still followed through into the into the buckle. Maybe it looked too good. But yeah, I think she might have actually hurt her knee mm. on that spot because Either that or she was just selling really well. Yeah, so we lost Melanie Gray, but we got to see Killer Kelly again. Yeah. I think we talked about um, Kelly quite a lot in the when we talked about Femme Fatality. Yeah. This was very much the same. It's very green, um, you can tell, but does have a presence. And to have that so early in the career is, is a big positive because the ring work... It, it, in general, it, it feels like she's got enough basics there that the ring work will come. Mm. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people can be very good workers but just not have there's, the presence she's already got. There's a lot of pauses in her work where she's like making sure the other person is where they're supposed to be before she does something. And I think a lot of that stems from the training that they give them. Because uh, he says, like, it's safety first, make sure that you know what you're doing first. So I think she's waiting to make sure that Ginny's in position because she did a thing with a, a, a running forearm into the corner and she kind of went to do it and then stopped because Ginny wasn't looking and she was like, oh, shit, I better not do it because then if I do it, I'm going to run in and, and mm. I'll clock her in the side of the face and she doesn't see it coming, it's bad. Uh, so she kind of stopped and then walked up and hit her a few times and then went across the ring and did the, like, the running forearm. So it looked really weird, but I understand why because she's making sure she's safe first but yeah that'll, that'll come definitely uh yeah it'll be interesting to see her a lot more um but it was good for her to get another match two two matches in one day that will help her improve certainly i do like that um Ginny, with her promo before the match uh was being fairly abusive but the crowd were just like oh yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of very bizarre yeah so they applauded them she said this about melanie gray She'd never have beaten me because she's just shit. <laughs> the crowd just had to go with yeah. <laughs> I don't think the crowd really likes Melanie Gray much. No, no. Um, I've never got that vibe before. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's... This over the... This, the Femme Fatale... It's the same thing as Bad Bones last time. It is. I was surprised, but it, now that it's happened like two shows in a row, I think there is a... She, she's almost got a, a John Cena-esque vibe from a couple of years ago. Um, go in where people are like, oh, you're too facey. <laughs> if that makes sense, we want to see some, some edge around you. But we do seem to get that at the big WXW shows that there is always somebody who's there all the time that they just turn on just because it's like, oh, you again. <laughs> and Axel they did it. I was going to say that they did to Axel Zeta Jr. two years ago. Bones. Bones and Demac. And they have turned all of them, so <laughs> maybe Mel. We'll get it a turn at some point. Because if she wins the the tournament belt, then her first defence would be Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. We, we're kind of thinking Ginny's going to win it, but then... Yeah. The belt? 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I, I think that's got Melanie Gray written all over it, but maybe maybe after hearing these reactions, they'll change course somewhat. But mm. There's still plenty of time left in that tournament. But it's not going to be like a... They had the issue with the In Progress, where they couldn't have put the belt on June because it was the main event of the, the night to a strong start, and it was like, it was Christmas. <laughs> it was weekend, so everybody gets uh, baby face wins and and they went with Tony Storm. So, but they they can do it here because it won't be the main event of the show. It'll just be somewhere in the middle. So, like if Ginny wins it, it won't be an issue. Uh, if Melon turns heel and wins it, then that's not an issue. And they've got Tony Storm lined up. So. Uh, next match. Next match was uh, Young Lions versus A Four. Mm. Oh, um, the Rob, tag legalities. Yeah, Rob got really upset with tag legalities. Not yeah. even just tag legalities, it was just not a good match. And I put most of that on Tarkin Aslan. He's, I think, I've, I've been under the assumption he's at least solid for a while because, you know, he's got a reputation of being a solid hand who's been around for a long time. Um, and, you know, the, some of the Young Lions matches have been pretty decent. I think most of that's because Lucky Kid's quite good. Um, I'd say very good, Lucky Kid. Look, the, I know I keep berating the, the Rise as a faction because I'm not a, a fan of these big like, heel groups. Mm. But uh, Lucky Kid, I think, is the, the one that's been the standout, I think. I'd probably agree with that, Even yeah. though he's been kind of hidden away in the tags, like, he's mm. been really good. Like, his facials are really good. If, if all of them behaved like he did, then... It would be a fun. Yeah, he certainly has the most presence and identity of all the goons in Rise. Like, yeah, Tarkin Aslan's just a guy. Uh, and he, in this match, he was uh, he was horrible. Like, Oof. It was just going in. There was a spot where it was it was built as a ma- big near fall in the match. Oh and he yeah, comes yeah. In and breaks it in. It, it was after like, Andy hit a frog star frog splash, and that was crazy, yeah. and the crowd was going mental. And, and yeah, then Tarkin Aslan doesn't even like. I'm, I'm not sure if the ref even managed to get to one before he uh, broke yeah, it up. Yeah, it was like, like a one count and then the break Do you not understand how drama works in, in Near Falls? <laughs> like? Yeah, that should have been the finish. Yeah. Because the, the finish that they did do is just the normal version. So it's like Andy does the F5, uh, Alain does the frog splash. The fact that they did it the other way around earlier. Oh, yeah. Was like, it was very so hype. Cool. That was the best thing in the match. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, that was a bit diminishing returns and they should have ended the match there and then. But what can you do? Aslan's offense was so uninspired. He was doing um, bounce off ropes, stomp, bounce mm. off ropes again, stomp, and I was like, Why kept waiting for him to like. He was gonna do a few stomps and then something big, and like no. And he's like the the double teams that he was setting up. He'd hold someone in an abdominal stretch and tell Lucky Kid to punch him in the face, and like that's as dynamic as. Aslan's offense got, and he was clumsy. He was out of the pla- out of place all the time. His timing wasn't good. He, there were two times in the match where he got caught up trying to get into the ring because he was tripping on the ropes. Ah, uh, yeah, I I really got annoyed with him in this match, and then throwing the the, the tag potential was there, wasn't it? Was like the potential was there for it to be a really good match. Because Lucky Kid performed well. Yeah. Al- Alani performed great. well. Andy's always amazing. <laughs> um, and it's amazing how one guy being bad out of four can couldn't drag a match down so far. But uh, for me, it really did. I, I didn't enjoy this match at all. Some of the things that uh, we heard about in the academy with 
that were, that were bad things to do, he was doing them. Like, why are you running off the ropes to, it's supposed to be to gain momentum, to do something. You don't bounce off the ropes and then stomp, but you're not, you're not gaining anything no. by bouncing off the ropes. They're in opposite directions. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't make any sense, so. Should we move on? Uh, yeah. Um, the next match after that was uh, Rob Vardas versus Ring Camp. Uh, I know Rob was really into the open of this was a match of the night for me. I think that was kind yeah, of I think this is pretty hype. <laughs> uh, just yeah. like a mental brawl all over the crowd. Uh, certainly being in the crowd, you probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Because benefited by being on the balcony. But could, it wasn't just that they walked around and like, you know, walked and punched. They did a whole load of different stuff, um, especially Volta and Loki is a, a dream match that I didn't realise <laughs> I had. Oh, they worked really, really well it together. It was fantastic. The stuff uh, where he picked him up off the floor and just threw him back into the ring over the top rope. Right? <laughs> it just looked so effortless. Yeah, and then the, the big double stomp onto the ramp, which Loki yeah, actually got injured off of. Yeah. Probably. Well, it, one one of his feet landed on Volta and the other one landed on the ramp. And I yeah. think he might have just jarred something there, but that's unfortunate. But yeah, this was very exciting and just felt very different to all the other matches that we've had so far. Yeah. I feel um, like the way it built as well, because it started off, uh, like Homicide was in there and like he was just goofing around a little bit and like uh, he like insult Tim Thatcher and then Volta would stare at him, so he'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he go back over to the Thatcher and insult him again, and it was kind of it was like a gentle build, and then it just kind of degenerated into the match the Rottweilers wanted to have, which was the like, we're going to go all over the place and take you out of your mat wrestling uh, element, and that's how they won it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I definitely so picked up on that. But well. you know we've seen Ring Camp have these these mat classics and stay very firmly in the ring and try and control the ring. Um, that's how they won on night one and here obviously they got completely taken out of the ring out of where they're good and where the Rottweilers rot, rot thrive so that was definitely a good point The most important update from this match though um, Day 2 and Homicide still hadn't said Brap uh, so I was a little disappointed You said Brap in a circle Oh I wish you could see Rob's face he looks absolutely devastated. Right He's now. crushed. This is why you got to be it in a circle. Can we move on, please? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, yeah, the, um, there was an announcement right after that about um, 16 Carat. They named the first three yeah. uh, guys that are going to be on it. Um, Jeff Cobb, Travis Banks and Penta, whatever the fuck he's called. Pentagon. <laughs> I, I keep calling him Pentagon, Penta is easy. Um, so that's going to be between the 9th and 11th of March next year. Very excited about that already. Which is going to be really busy, because you've, you've of course got the ambition there again. And, and you're throwing in Deutschland an wrestling. wrestling Deutschland, and then obviously in a circle again. Yeah, and the... the I'm sure there's two things happening at that cult temple. It's there's the big thing where they're all running, and there's something else is running there as well. I've seen it. Okay. Like the yeah. It's the other promotion that runs Oberhausen, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah the little one. I don't think catch the name of it. The one you can see from the McDonald's poster <laughs> that's booking Lana Austin. Lana Austin, super, super crazy. crazy. Possibly against each other. 
Yeah, so they're running as well. So there's going to be a lot of wrestling that weekend. I'm very fired up for that. Hell of a name for a venue. Cult Temple. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And they spell cult and temple like the, the Germanic way. Yeah. <laughs> K and an E-L. Um, Extra badass. <laughs> yeah. Cult Temple. I'm looking forward to seeing the show in the Cult Temple. Just to see what it's, it's, like. it's a much smaller, more intimate venue. In oh, the, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's my bag. Mm-hmm. Um... So, next match after that was uh, Spirit Squad versus uh, Mass Product. Spirit Squad, thank fuck, went full heel. Oh, yeah, that was good to see. Um, Rather than the weird sort of, I'm going to get angry with the crowd, but also we're going to play babyface and chant our names out. Yeah, that whole that was very that bizarre. First match was just bad, bad, bad. Yeah. So this, this is better. You'll be able to hear in um, an interview uh, coming up. Uh, with CMJ that he, he admitted that this wasn't the best match. Uh, no, sorry, their first match wasn't the best match. Yeah, he liked uh, my team. He uh, far preferred this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that heel-face alignment right, and it's... it's yeah, yeah, and yeah, they matched up well with uh, Yern and David Starr, who are obviously I, big face faces. One of the first times I've seen Yern Simmons uh, be gotten to. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was completely gotten to, and he's, yeah. he was... Like wound up and being happy to be restrained by David Starr, and it was like, wow, okay. <laughs> like nobody in Germany can do it, but a mighty cool. little goofball comes over and uh, yeah, he demanded, demanded an arm wrestling life. contest mid match. <laughs> yeah, they brought a table in for the for the arm wrestling. That was uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. This was what you wanted to see from the Spirit Squad and this it, weekend. I think. It worked well as. Um, the the kind of the the palate cleanser between the ring camp match and the the main event. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it was completely different to anything on the card. Yeah, well, that's the whole idea. I mean, they they kind of trying uh, to appeal to all people uh, who like wrestling, and also the idea is that when you're putting the card together, it can't be like banger, 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 banger all the way through. Yeah, because then um, it stops being bangers. <laughs> But I have that a lot with, uh, like sometimes with Fight Club Pro Progress. Mm. I get asked about the card and I'll be like, oh, it was all good. Uh, anything in particular? And I'm like, uh, it was all good. <laughs> it's it's very hard to pick stuff out when everything mm-hmm. is really good. And we've kind of gotten spoiled by that. So to have different styles and different stuff happening, it kind of it makes for a more balanced card. And the really good stuff really stands out. Mm-hmm. You can't have rice pudding three days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be quoting Jacoby. As we were reliably informed. Yeah, it can't be Christmas every day. <laughs> Today is no Christmas. Or yeah. yesterday was no Christmas. And then the main event. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Bad Bones and Ilya Dragunov. Um, I think everyone was hoping for Ilya to win, but yeah, it not wasn't really quite expecting. Yeah, it. I think the Bad Bones reign hasn't been long enough to really have him lose yet. I think 17th anniversary show, I think you're more likely to see the conclusion of the story at the end of the tour. Yeah, the Bones uh, is doing a really good job as champion. Uh, he's doing a really good job mm-hmm. of uh, being the man in Rise. Yeah, he looked uh, like a final that, boss. That coming in desperately needs him. Yeah, yeah. Look, if he wasn't in there, if it was Colin was like the main guy, I mean, no offence to, to Colin, he's I like Colin, good, yeah, but, but he's... But like, for, for this 
level of storytelling you need somebody who's fantastic and mm -hmm. writes fantastic. So the entrances for this I thought were really good. They got the lasers in, red and blue lasers. <laughs> like yeah, Merseyside Derby. Live is really good. Um, you don't get that on the uh, the VOD. You no. don't hear the because it's like there's this rumbling of thunder and then like a big bang with where it's like it strikes and then there they are and it's you know, the whole finger in the air pointing business. <laughs> um, pointing is what is happening right now. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're great at podcasting. <laughs> um, I don't think overbooked is quite the term because I think it's it kind of what we expect. Yeah, yeah, there we was were, a lot of booking. Going we were expecting the people to run in who ran in, and I don't think it got in the way of the match too much, especially since we were expecting I think it, it. It was better here than it normally is. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the rise matches of the I'm not going to call the booking lazy, uh, but it's predictable. Mm. Whereas this was, even though it was, was somewhat predictable in what happened, it was more planned out. Yeah. There was more to it. There was reasons for things happening. It wasn't just other oh, heels running at the end. And the way it worked specifically was because at the start of the match, Task uh, throws uh, Rise out and goes like, Bones, if you get disqualified, you're losing the title. Mm -hmm. And that really set up everything that happened during the match. Because like, even though Rise came out, they were warned, like, you come in here and this match is over, he loses the, the title. But then they did come in. Uh, yeah, they did, but the, when they came in, it was specifically for the others to come piling in and to have to show that there was beginning to be a solidarity. A little bit of a logic hole there. Yeah, like, a little bit. After you've thrown someone out, not only do they come back, they come back into the ring. Yeah. If you're not going to disqualify then, then yeah. what's the point of throwing uh, them out in the first place? Like, <laughs> what is the, the thing that actually, when they what what when Taz says, get out of here... What what what, what power does that have behind it if, yeah. if nothing happens when they just fly back out? But yeah, that it, was the, the worst part of, of the uh, the situation. And there were there were one or two moments where like I don't know. I think having they're trying desperately to have the rise guys book strongly in that they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with, like, the four top... Well, not... not A4 massive product. A4 yeah. massive product. But they just don't feel on that level, so it, it kind of felt a little forced to have... Because Rise kind of won that four-on-four -four brawl, and it, you were having, like, Pete Bouncer take out Jern Simmons, and it felt a bit... Mm. Uh, it <laughs> didn't fit, feel like it was quite what would happen if it was, say, a match or... It was taken out of the context. It was like, well, what spot do we need next? Well, we need the Mac to come out. So for that to happen, um, Rise has to be able to take yeah, out all the good guys. At that point, yeah. And it's like, well, they wouldn't usually be able to take them out, but you know, it's it's what we need here. So, that's so we said happened. it wasn't overbooked, but maybe it was. <laughs> there was a lot of booking, but the, the most important aspects of the booking worked. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can pick holes in the smaller stuff, but when it came down to the the really important stuff in the match, that worked. Yeah, I, I think the characters and as Jacoby said earlier, the emotions of the match did get over. So even though it maybe took one or two moves too many to get there, I think the match accomplished what it needed to. And it was it was very wrestling. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> sometimes wrestling needs to be wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. There was two key things that happened. One was that Damak came out and uh, 
uh, smack Bones in the head and that was the DQ finish. But it was deliberately there so that he could then turn heel, join Rise. Yeah. That would. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. I thought uh, Demac desperately, been, desperately needed. I mean, his character's been going heel for quite a while. He's been a big loser. He's homeless. <laughs> oh. uh, his only friend in the world betrayed him. Um, yeah, yeah. He's so just, yeah, it makes he's in the he's in the same position <clears throat> as the other guys in Rise. So they, they to were join on, Rise, he's he's got a motive. Yeah, Jacoby was very aware that he needed something. And yeah, yeah, This is what they've done. Plus, it gets another good wrestler into into Rise. I, uh, Rob's pulling faces. Yeah, he's, he's better than what they've he's got. He's better than what they've got. Yeah. He's, <laughs> honestly, I think Colin's probably better. So, if, you know, but he's. He's better than Aslan, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, better than Bouncer as well. I think he's probably better than Kev. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Just lucky kid, really. Yeah, lucky kid. Uh, he is the surprise package from that. I, when they all started there, I didn't see him being the one that was going to be like at the start. I thought Kev, because he was in with Volta straight away, it was like, oh, well, he's going to be the guy. But no, it's definitely lucky kid. Oh, the other important booking thing that happened in the main event, sorry, there's quite a lot, but, um, was that... Uh, like afterwards when uh, Ilya was getting beaten down the save was Avalanche yes. that was, that was, first it was Nero well, first Julian Nero, Nero ineffectual yeah. Nero got, got beaten up again but yeah it was very it was very well he did win the nonce off so. <laughs> with his moustache but no um, Avalanche made the save to return the favour for Ilya making the save for him like the day before but where, the day before uh, Avalanche refused the handshake mm. so it was like you might have saved me once but you know we, we still have issues here but after this time Avalanche comes down makes a save then they shake hands and it's like that's the end of that feud which has been going on f- for ever since Cerberus split and now we might get sort of babyface Cerberus which is going to be strange yeah it'll be interesting to see what the dynamic between the three of them is because obviously Nero was kind of just in the yeah, he's been repackaged, but then thrown back in. It's it, it's, it's very an odd strange. fit now. But Ilya and Avalanche yeah. are obviously the two main guys, and their handshake did get a good reaction. So yeah, Nero's just, kind of just there. He's yeah. I don't know what you do he's with Nero though, because he's not particularly great in the ring, but he is quite a good character. Um, I don't know how to do. How would you define his character? Um, in one word. <laughs> Well, that's not nonce. Um, <laughs> Julian Nero is by no means in any way a nonce. That's just a disclaimer. Do you have proof of this? I I have good faith. Good faith. Okay. Well, mostly, well, you've got the three of them, and the dynamic is that... Uh, like, <laughs> One of them's a nonce. <laughs> this, is, this is going south quickly. Uh, I, denoun- I denounce Rob Reed's yeah, I, comments. I, I, edit, I get this. The... <laughs> You've got the three of them. You've got Ilya's completely nuts. Like he's completely out of control. Yeah. He defines himself as a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Then you've got in Avalanche. and out of character. Avalanche, a monster yes. of a man. Avalanche, who is a monster. And then you've got Nero, <laughs> who, who works a nine to five at a consultancy. <laughs> <That's in. laughs> um, yeah, but he's the guy that. Uh, uh, Rob will face disciplinary action. I'll edit all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's it, I've got nothing more to say. I've, oh. I've been blown away by who's nonsense it anyway. In, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I suppose with that, we should get to the after um, party. Sorry, because uh, no, um... that's getting edited out, so that's saying we won't work. Okay. Um, <laughs> who's nonsense it anyway will be uh, kept Arne's notebook. Um, yeah, the... the <sighs> Again, similar to Ilya's running the day before, um, Avalanche's running was really awkward. Like, it just didn't seem as well planned out as everything else. It was people, all the Rise guys... Going which one by one. They, yeah, it's like <laughs> their whole MO is attacking as a group. So they're like, okay, let's send the weakest guy out first. He'll run into him and take a move. And then the next weakest guy... Oh, oh, he hasn't been able to take him out. <gasps> Next guy up, it's like, mm, that's not... It, it I felt like it could have been done better. It would have been better if they'd all gone in at once and he'd just shrugged them all off. But well, then, like, being able to hold them off for long enough and then um, in, in the time that that's been happening, Dragonov gets up, back up, and then you've got, like, two on four and you can work it from there. Something like that. Mm. But it, it, it felt... I don't know, it, it felt heavy-handed and not not up to the, the usual, like, attention uh, that WXW pays to these sorts of things. I think the problem I had with this is there was so much to get in, so much to yeah. do that it didn't get the, the detailing that it needed. But... And they said this took six hours planning yeah. this out, and, like, you know, when you're thrown in the, the post-match, this is probably taking, like, what, half an hour worth of stuff. You you can only do so much, I guess. But it, if if I was going to nitpick, which you know it's me, so I am, they'd be some of the, the smaller issues. But I th- as you said, I think the broader strokes work really well for the, this whole section of the show. Um, people didn't like lose faith in Ilya at all. Occasionally, yeah, yeah. you can get like a, a face losers in a big title match, and the crowd are kind of like, eh, well, okay, whatever. Yeah, we're done with you now, but they, the crowd seemed just as invested in him after as before. I, I did like that he did the uh, the promo afterwards saying that he questioned whether he, he felt he, well, am I still... Uh, Unbeatable. Yeah, or because I haven't won. And the crowd started chanting like very strongly, like Umber Zidbar. Yeah, like, yeah, they're you know, still behind you him. You still are. So, um, yeah, that'll work for me. They can definitely keep this going until December. We're going a little bit over time, so shall we get quick thoughts on the after party? This was your first, Rob. Yeah. Um, well, first we we, uh, we went off for a a meeting of the Eurograph Shadow Government uh, for a meal. That was nice. We uh, talked a lot about Vader value and uh, other assorted things. That was that was nice. Mm-hmm. And then um, got, we got to the after party and the abomination that was um, Cerberus. Forsyth. Cerberus Forsyth. Mike Kilby, 2017. <laughs> yeah, so blame him for that. <laughs> and just seeing the difference in reaction between Brits and non-Brits <laughs> in the immediate yeah, vicinity. Fair, and, and the Irish. And the, the Irish. Irish were in with us on yeah. that one. Because uh, Mike went straight up to Avalanche, who... Um, poor him managed to get stuck in with um, all the... The Brit rest nerds <laughs> got blockaded in and got uh, stuck talking with us for far too long. Um, Mike. <laughs> Mike. Mike had had a few beers by that point, and um, so we walked straight up to um, Avalanche and um, goes, 
Cerberus Forsyth. And understandably so, someone from Central Europe has no fucking clue who Bruce Forsyth is, so has no idea what he's talking about. Um, so then Mike repeats it about a hundred times to him, <laughs> without explaining at all. That was um, that was a highlight. Really, until somebody yeah. actually said Sir Bruce Forsyth, I was like, ah, uh, because I thought he was just trying to like a play of the like Bruce. Forsyth, I didn't even, even get it. That's what I said. It's like I heard it like four or five times, and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Or why is it so funny? And then somebody said Sir Bruce, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, got it. Also, I got to sing my way on the karaoke. Yes. And I enjoyed myself tremendously. Thank you. Um, and that was the after party, really. I'd Everything else can't actually be talked about. We have two pages no. of notes here, and we can't actually say anything. And you'll have to... Redacted, is it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of redacteds from the after party. There's, but there's yeah, it was good. Notes on a British wrestler who we shouldn't name. Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what Rob is referring to. Uh, but yeah, it was good to chat with all the guys in a, a, a more informal setting around a few beers, discussing how we are the best Twitter users and everyone else. Well, I think we decided Polly is very bad at Twitter, actually. Yes, <laughs> but I'm part of the team collectively, and it wouldn't be the same without me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, uh, we are about to head to go get food before night three. And then when we come back, we will discuss night three and the winners of the World Tag Team League. Also, since where does Formula One of work and why has no one ever told me this before? This was the, my big takeaway. Well, Lewis Hamilton's the biggest heel well, in the world. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. So, night three is in the books, and we have World Tag Team League champions. Specifically, Arn's notebook. <laughs> that, that book. <laughs> which also has things in which cannot be discussed. Arn's notebook <laughs> is, has been massacred, <laughs> and Rob is suggesting things, because that went really well in the last segment, <laughs> uh, which has probably been that, edited that down. Been there, right? Yeah. Well, to be fair, and even with this, so you know it's all good. <laughs> anyway, World Tag Team League, we have tag t- new tag team champions, Ringkampf, Alter, and Timothy Thatcher, and this really has been the year Music of stealing bastards. <laughs> There's a story to that. Can't bother to go into it. Nah, it's too long. But they did steal our music. Well, but yeah, this has been the year. The, that of... wasn't the, the music they currently use. Obviously, isn't our music. But you know, then we may or may not have slightly influenced Timothy Thatcher's Evolve music way back in the day. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, um, this has really been the year of me turning a corner on Timothy Thatcher, or not even turning a corner, going full one eighty brother. 
uh, on Tim Thatcher. <laughs> because that thing? The, the 360 brother for Hulk Hogan. You know, his promo where he says, I'm gone 360 brother. Like, no, not to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> when I've gone a full 180 on Tim Thatcher. Um, Doesn't that mean you're just back where you were before? Or just hazy? No, 180 <laughs> means, yeah, 360 would mean I'm back where I was before, but 180 means that I, I now really, really like him. Because so <laughs> he, he won with a. <laughs> None of this is making it in. <laughs> Do we want to start again? No, just keep going. <laughs> he won with a Sakuratoshi, which is literally my favourite move in the whole world. Makes me go ballistic every time. And, like, it's so perfect for ring camp. Like, Walter always used to use it. Um, like, it's got that very, like, judo feel to it. And it's just, it's a killer move. Like, it combines the, like, um, a sleeper, which makes it even more deadly it feels like the final crushing blow that it is and it should always end the match and what a way to end the show, what a way to end the weekend than with Thatcher destroying massive product with the Sakuratoshi, standing tall in the ring, all the hard work that he's put into WXW is paid off and then he leaves the scarf in the ring. That was a fantastic visual. Uh, I, I know because everyone took a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> The, the mat is sacred, you know? The mat is sacred. The mat is sacred. Which is why we all sat on the edge of the ring. <laughs> and went, you know what? This edge of the ring isn't... If this is the hardest part of the ring, the middle must be really bouncy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, what a way to like make your point about WXW and finish the tournament with the ring camp way. Like, it, the, the tournament really was about these two teams, ring camp for Massa Product, who made the finals... They won all their matches with the same like finishing sequence, and they played that into this match with both getting kicked out at two point nine, including Thatcher's like incredible, like just oh, jerking the... jerking his arm up. That was so. It was good. like this match is over. This match is over. It's completely over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went within like two seconds. I went from expecting him to kick out to then like no, he's left it too late. He's not kicking out, and then it was like. There was no, no one was like, oh, did they botch that? Did he kick out too late? It was yeah, yeah. perfect. It, was it perfect. couldn't have been any later. It was. Tim's really good in Europe. I don't know what it is about it's America, in, but in WXW. yeah, there's yeah. something about this place. Yeah, it, it is a perfect fit for him. Yeah, this is his home, as he said in the promo. I love that promo. It wasn't. It wasn't the kind of passion that you had from like Ilya Dragunov after uh, Carrot, mm. but. It was very meaningful in its own way. Camp is my family, and WXW yeah. is my new home. I was like, oh, it's yeah. lovely. And so I feel like this match was really the Tim Thatcher match. Like, <laughs> it's sort of the pinnacle of um, like him showing exactly who he is, what he can do in this ring camp which I thought guys. was cool because a lot of this tournament ring camp matches have been Walter matches yeah he it's gets been, the hot tag clears house yeah and then like tags Thatcher back in and Thatcher go, gets beaten up for a while and then oh another Walter hot tag uh, which you know I was by no means complaining about because Walter's hot tags are absolutely incredible um, but have, having the structure a little different for, for the this final uh, was great and, and that was not to say any of the other three guys looked bad I thought everyone mm-hmm. looked great I thought they did a really good job um, 
progressing slightly the uh, David Starr uh, Volta feud. Yeah. In the Vol- uh, David Starr again can't get the better of Volta, but at least this time Volta didn't directly get the better of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, now you can't beat Tim Thatcher. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was. I'd kind of forgotten about the Volta Tim Thatcher ma- um sorry um Volta David Starr uh, long running like rivalry feud thing. Yeah. Um until like a quarter of the way through the match and I think I turned to Arne and went, "Oh, do you think they they finally give David Starr the um the win over Volta?" Here? Uh and then from then on I was like hyper focusing on it and pretty much almost every um sequence that Volta and David Starr were like opposite each other in David Starr came out on top, which I thought was a really interesting story <laughs> point and like a, a little subplot to the match in that David Starr had finally seemed to figure out Volta, but, but then, tonight just wasn't the right but then night got for Sakuratoshi it. By yeah. Thatcher. <laughs> like, yeah. It, while I didn't think this was the best match of the weekend, I'd probably have it at either number two or number three. It was. It was I'd right probably say it was the best match of the weekend. Yeah, but just because of it, you know the importance and the drama of it, and I felt like it was just the most meaningful, like for all four guys. The emotion. Yeah, yeah. And the, the way that CMJ was talking about it is like that's what they're going for. They're going mm-hmm. for the. Uh, the characters and they're going for the emotion and the storyline and that this match and obviously it being the final you know, it's easier to conjure up those emotions than in on like a night one tag or whatever yeah. but I well, thought it was about Thatcher and it was about Thatcher having uh, actually not only finding his home but then uh, like claiming his first title and it was really meaningful for a lot of companies throw tag titles around like they're nothing but they New well, Japan. New <laughs> Japan being the prime example. Yeah, it's not only them, it's the most promotions yeah, yeah. that really do meaningful uh, title changes with the tag belts. But the, the WXW, um, their belt that gets passed around a lot is a shotgun title, which is kind of less important uh, when it comes yeah, to the Yeah, the tag title titles changes. are definitely the second. Yeah, the tag titles are very important. And um, I'm glad they are, because they do one of their two yeah, yeah. shows of the year around Tag titles. Yeah, the winning t- the team wins the tag titles, which it gives an out for the young lions. They'll be able to have a, a match against Ring Camp down the line. Sets up a, a good match for you know now that A four has split up, which we'll get to in a sec. Um, so it's sad. You know, they'll they'll need another team to feud against the lions, and yeah, this moves them naturally into that for the next couple of months. I guess that's a good segue, actually, just to go straight into the A4 um, Spirit Squad match, yep. the uh, the opener, uh, to loop back. Um, this was what you want from the Spirit Squad, really. I, I, I thought this was about as good as it gets from they, them. They did a lot of that uh, like southern uh, old-school heel stick. There's something about... Uh Say something about the women having not having very many teeth. You, you, the only country in the world where you need ten women to get a, a full set of teeth, teeth or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the real, real old school um, uh, banter from. That's uh, yeah, no, they, they were good in this. They did a lot of good comedy. I loved the uh, blindfold spot. Yeah. Um, where uh, basically Mikey gets thumbed in the eyes so he can't see. He accidentally bumps into uh, uh, Kenny. Who's uh, 
headband comes down over his eyes and then they do a near fall sequence where they mm. can't see each where? other <laughs> and he's counting all the falls because <laughs> the ref's like should I count this and he counts the first couple and then kind of goes no should we counting this this, is, this isn't a legal pin then Andy's like I'll do it then <laughs> Oh, which just makes it more upsetting. Yeah, this is... The, the fact that they did all that, that jovial comedy, like, ha this is good fun stuff, and then in the blink of an eye, like, Andy just, uh, in the middle of a sequence, just super kicks Marius, kills him. And then just stands over and, and stares at him. he stood there. Fuck me. The... It's one of the best heel times I've seen in years. It was was so, so well done. And it was... No one saw it either. No one saw it coming. What we were talking about pre-show, I was saying that I think Marius is going to turn into a rise. Yeah, yeah. I I was about to bring that up. Um, We've got you on tape, so... And you you said that, and I was like, you know what, I don't think it's quite the right time for Marius, but for some reason, I didn't even, like, think of the possibility that, like, well, I guess the, the other member could turn. Yeah. But it, it makes so much sense, and it kind of was teased a little bit. It stems back from Carrot when Alani beat Andy to take yeah, his take the spot. Yeah. And, like, the, I think I'm right in saying that Alani was the one to take the pin against Massive Product. I might not, I'm yeah, not 100% sure so, on yeah, that, yeah. but I'm pretty sure. And looking back, I do have this image in my mind of Andy kind of giving him a... Look, uh, obviously that's not quite tragic. He's been like shit all weekend yeah. with the whole uh, the Batman and Robin thing. It and was very much a guy. He bullied him. It was that. comedy, but at the same time, like looking back, it's like yeah, he was humiliating yeah. him with uh, the high voice and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then so so it's not like it came out of nowhere, but no one was expecting it, especially <sighs> that at that specific moment. Like maybe like after a match, one or two people would have gone. Well, where are they going to go now? Maybe there's going to be a turn, and then thought it through and went, well, actually, despite Andy being the most lovable person, if they they're doing this, I got goosebumps just thinking. <laughs> like despite Andy being super lovable, when you think about it, Andy's probably the more logical one to turn in that Marius is the up and comer, like his in ring is very face. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like it, it was it was so shocking, and I thought the Spirit Squad did a great job of selling it as well. They were they a big part of it. What the fuck's just happened? Yeah, and then when they won, they just scarped like it's, no it's celebration. The way he just stood there. Yeah, you don't want to stand in a room with that guy. He went from Jesus. like lovable dad to like <laughs> super scary guy in like the blink of an eye, and we haven't even talked about the actual super kick. That was the, like, you know, we've kind of been making fun off mic of um, of Andy's um, uh, thigh slaps all weekend, but that was the loudest super kick I've ever heard. Mm. Like, it was like a shotgun going off. It was incredible. And, and I, I have never seen something that, well, no, I've, I've seen it, but um, who was it? Somebody said it's like, uh, it was Mike. Mike Kilby was stood to the left of me. Um, new favourite. new favourite Mike. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he said the atmosphere after that, like at the end of that match and like at the start of the match after, it was like someone had died. That was the kind of atmosphere. It was almost reminiscent, and it, it's mad to say this given like one's a tag team breaking up that's been together like a year 
and another is the biggest streak in wrestling ever. But it was almost like after the Undertaker yeah, had lost yeah, the streak. Yeah. It's amazing the emotion, the emotion, the emotion that WXW can bring up. And not only like in the match, but the way the little things like when because um, massive products have kind of been associated loosely ish, yeah. but teaming in like four ways and five ways with yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A4 recently against Rise. When they came out for the next match, they were like, they didn't do any of their shtick (laughs) for the entrance, they just walked to the ring, and it was like, they were in as much shock as we were, and it's like... Jürgen wasn't doing anything when he was, uh, when Tommy was reading out all his uh, nicknames, normally he starts doing stuff like that, something. Playing up to the crowd, he was kind of like, oh, just get them out of the way. Yeah, he was just standing there and like, and I don't know, but in the back of their minds, like from a character point of view, they're thinking, if that's just happened, can I trust him? <laughs> and they made it through that match, and I think you look at the, the their relationship in that match and like the main event, it's, it's different. Yeah, in the main, event, they the were, main event, they were, they were, they were solid again. I think but it created that air of the unknown. The, the atmosphere that. kind of, it's later in that match, but when David Starr gets taken out and is away for a long time, and Jörn Simmons is on his own. This might be me just reading in and creating my own story, but it was almost like you could see the character of Jörn going, have I been abandoned here? Has, has it happened again? And then David Starr makes this last minute save, That's a great save. that was That's incredible. The, the that was like, again, no, no, we're, we're going to do this. Yeah. We're, and that, you were going crazy at that one. Right, so um, my hatred of uh, Tarkin Aslan has gone from, uh, he's, he's solid, uh, at the beginning of the weekend, to he is, you know, maybe the worst worker in WXW. He is, it's, it's, I'm very comfortable in saying he is nowhere near the working standard of this company. Um, and each time I watch him, I I pay a bit more attention to him, and I hate him a bit mm. more. Well, I saw it in like the entrance, like like a kid's got like a firm grasp of his character, and obviously yeah, he's. He's got, he's uh, like eccentric and he's got a lot more to do and Aslan's sort of his handler, but I just think he conveys a, a hell of a lot more I think that character can work in that he's he's kind of like Lucky Kid's handler, yeah. I think is what they're going for. He, he's the one who kind of keeps him in check, because you occasionally do get the spots like where Lucky Kid does like the flip and then like just sits down and Aslan has to go and he's like... No, come on, we're in the middle of a match here. <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be like the, the angry, aggressive guy to uh, stop playing around. And then as, uh, and then Lucky Kid's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he doesn't do a particularly great job character-wise with that. And just in the ring, he's clumsy, his timing's poor, his offense is crap. He, he doesn't look clumsy. Like, in a, like Ivan Kiev looks clumsy. Yeah, that's true. So he doesn't look... It's not noticeable unless you start looking at what he's doing, and then everything that he's doing doesn't make sense. And it, yeah, like he, he takes awkward bumps, and it, it's not like there are some clumsy wrestlers, and it looks like they've got two left feet. He isn't like that. It's just he never quite. He always seems to be a little off in his like his positioning or something. And so once or twice, at the end, the the toe pipe ends the match. Uh, well, ends. Like partially ends the match because the, the actual pins in the ring. Yeah, part but, um, of the massive product ending. Yeah, he's supposed yeah. to be with the other two guys so that Star can do the tope and just wipe them all out. 
But, but he stood in the wrong yeah, place and he doesn't get hit by it, and then he kind of has two to. Two feet off to the side, there, there's the die. And instead of just. On is standing up. <laughs> but instead he's of like, realising that he's in the wrong place and just ad libbing something, he just throws himself into the path of the dive and kind of gets hit in the arm. And it, but he also throws himself almost too late. Like, David Starr's already half the way past him by the time he realises he's fucked up. And he kind of jumps in the way and gets caught by, like... How can you realise that way? Like, <laughs> your job is to get hit... Oh, I hate this guy. Um, so, but because of that, this match became great for me. And it wasn't great from a technical standpoint for all the reasons I've just mentioned. Because, I, I mean, that's doing somewhat of a disservice... Similar to the, the previous night with A4, um, where I thought three of the four guys in the match were very good, and yet the match was bad because of one guy. From a, I think this was less so in this one, um, but Aslan was, was bad, technically. That belt shot. Oh, he was... Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that was awful too. Worst belt shots. Like, he wasn't moving the belt forward. He was moving it, like, up... It was, was it? <laughs> it doesn't translate, but you know, from that the noise makes it associate a associate a movement with that noise. Yeah. that's what he did. Um, yeah, and, and like, so from a technical standpoint, this wasn't any sort of masterpiece. But I got so invested because we we haven't talked a huge amount about like the points that were going into this so oh, far. Yeah, yeah. But it, it essentially came down to if. Um, because because won, A4 didn't match, yeah because A4 off. didn't beat the Spirit Squad because of Andy's horrifying betrayal, um, it was winner goes through despite um, massive uh, product massive had product already had six win, points. But if the Young Lions beat them, they'd win by tiebreak. So and and I was like so and this <laughs> you got so into it because you just wanted one thing to not win because I didn't which, want to see another Young is... Lions match. <laughs> <laughs> Was the reason I, oh. I didn't want the final to be ruined by Aslan? And the, ma- the, the match got match you the by hook or by crook. Yeah, so um, that's what you want, really. But but I thought it was really well booked, though, wasn't it? Oh they, yeah, they they piled all this like uh, heat and shenanigans. Yeah, into it, all, all the same strategies they'd been using this weekend. And they used, it. but it didn't quite pull it off this time, and it got thwarted. And yeah, uh, and it's also that the story would make so much it was sense because we're assuming Andy's gonna join Rise. He there's no full indication of that yet. That he's just he's he's been a bad guy. Will he join up with Rise? We don't one hundred percent know. I think we all suspect yes, but he hasn't like shown to be do that yet. Um, but if he if he is joining up with Rise, it would make so much sense that Andy um, stops A four from winning the match, which then means that uh, which then puts the Young Lions into a position. Where if they won, they would go through. Whereas if A4 beat the Spirit Squad, like everyone else had, and was kind of like, in canon, felt like the the expected result from like a kayfabe standpoint. Yeah, the Lions wouldn't be able to go through. The Lions wouldn't have been able to go through. So, it, and it that sounds almost like a, a such a logical story that WXW would tell. Right. So I was I was I worked myself into a shoot thinking, 
oh fuck, they're having the Lions go to the final because they're, they're the tag champions and we both forgot, um, I don't know if you remembered Ollie, but me and Arn both had a moment like, oh this tournament's for the tag titles isn't it, we forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, I, mean, I, <laughs> I had forgotten that stipulation a little bit. Because I don't think they, well at least they hadn't mentioned it in English, maybe they'd mentioned it in German, yeah. we'd have just completely missed it, but I, I don't think they'd, they'd gone out of their way to make it obvious anyway. Um, so from that point of view, it would would have made somewhat sense to have like the champions who are the, the tag champions and a part of the big heel stable who's been booked very strong over the weekend at least get to the final to have a chance to defend their belts. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, this all makes too much sense. This is happening, isn't it? Um, I did really enjoy they, when they announced that the Lions had lost their belt, how devastated Lucky Kid was. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, later on, he comes out with his head down. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's been really good. This he's week, lost his he? toy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Overall, I just think they did a masterful job of playing off the not only what they already built of from the week, which is a general theme, I think, for the weekend. In that they they were did an excellent WXW did an excellent job of calling back to things that happened the previous night or two nights ago. Yeah, yeah. And then changing something slightly, and because you'd already seen something happen one way, you're conditioned to think, "Oh, well, that ends a match." Or this is this is why I say that, um, like, this weekend and sixteen carat was like booked as a weekend, but um, Super Strong Style sixteen just felt like three shows in a row, yeah. and it was part of it was like the whole festival atmosphere of this um, of these weekends. As opposed yeah, to, I don't think progress capitalised on having that many fans in one place. Yeah, and like everyone knowing what had happened the previous night and being able to like feed that into previous into the next couple of shows, they which kind I of think did that with um, the Matt Riddle knee being an instant yeah, win. Six but that's kind of the only thing. Yeah, and that's that's gone into that. That's not like a lasting thing to look out for. Whereas with. With this, we you know we, if we we sat down and thought about it, we could ne- probably name off ten fifteen things that were like oh, callbacks, yeah, yeah. like little things like the yeah. we were it's, raving about earlier about it's the, two different booking mentalities. Yeah. Though. I mean, the progress uh, shows are all designed to have the, like the best card possible. Everybody busts their ass in every match, and mm. that's what it's designed for. It's for work rate freaks. And which I don't, don't object to. And I don't think progress like the, the booking gets involved in like the meat of the matches that much mm. whereas from talking you know and listening to cmj and stuff he's very much involved in all of this i think the problem is like as wrestling fans what we want what we keep saying that we want is we just want the best the best the best all the time best 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 um progress is the company that we've ended up with wxw is the company that we need yeah <laughs> <laughs> as batman D would say Oh, it, it really is though because they, they do sensible <laughs> they do sensible things and everything makes sense and it's a good logical progression mm-hmm. and it's it's not just rice pudding over <laughs> over again. you can't eat rice pudding three I'm days in a row pudding. we're definitely putting that in the podcast by the way. you know if we did episode titles that would be it yeah should we move on that to the next match yeah we had Eowyn uh, and Ring Camp <laughs> And this was kind of like the very solid match. <gasps> I to talk about the prep. That was before. <laughs> We're gonna, we'll get to that. We'll come homicide. back to the main we'll, event. Yeah, we'll, the real main event. The real main event with Homicide later on. But yeah, EYFBO ring camp. 
EYFBO had a great, great, great weekend, I must say. Um, like yeah, on, really appreciate on Thursday, what really appreciate on Thursday they showed us what we could do. Um, I think their Friday match was maybe a little bit down, but for Saturday and Sunday they've really come through with a couple of bangers. Well, you could tell from that crowd reaction, like uh, after they oh, yeah. they'd lost and they were out, it was everyone. Uh, it wasn't a standing ovation, but like literally everyone in the building was applauding, and they got the place going back. Chance and it was mutual too. You could tell that they were very happy. They that. really cared, and like I, I've been told going into this that this was um, that coming to Europe was a big goal for them, and. They've been wrestling, I think, a lot longer than most people think. I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's 10 years plus. Um, and, like, they haven't... It's only relatively recently that they've started to get these relatively big breaks. So obviously, mm-hmm. they're in TNA now, um, or whatever it's called today. Um, <laughs> I haven't been that it's active. It's probably going to change by the time it comes that, That's very true. If, if we're lucky, it might be back to TNA. Who knows? Mm. Um <laughs> And now this is the first time coming over to Europe and you could really tell that they were here to make an impression because they really wanted to be here. Like, I think you could kind of contrast that against the Briscoes later. And I I really enjoyed the Briscoes over the weekend. I thought they had some really good matches and they seemed to enjoy being here. But you could tell it... You could tell it meant so much more to EYFBO. No, yeah, yeah. They were really looking to prove themselves that they belonged on this kind of stage. Oh, I think they've succeeded wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, th- there's no match where I go... I don't think they... Mm. <laughs> Look at I'm the stars. I'm about to say they... Well, I, I would say, like, the Rottweilers that started night one was... Yeah, it was all right, but it wasn't quite on the level of some of the other stuff. But night nights two and three, I think, they were really pulled out. I just out. remembered I really loved their match with the Briscoes. So I was about to the, say... The Briscoes match was really good, and this one followed suit pretty much exactly. Like, I don't think they were by any means the best team in the tournament, but they very much hung. And I, I think a yeah. lot of people who weren't super familiar with them going in didn't expect them to be at the level of some of the top teams in this tournament, and I think they were at very least close. Um, I think they were they over-delivered, I'd say. Yeah, I was expecting nothing, and I got a lot. So <laughs> there's, there's a big difference between when you have this level of expectation, like with, you get with the Briscoes, for example, mm. you're going to expect like, some, some pretty reasonable performances out of them. EYFBO knew nothing about them, so it was like, yeah. Anything that gets a bonus, and that they really impressed me. I'd, I'd say they had like compa- very comparable matches to the Briscoes, um, like very similar level overall. But I came away way more impressed by EYFBO because I was expecting that out of the Briscoes. Yeah, I get that. Whereas EYFBO, it's like, wow, they're a team on that level, um, and they got over too. Like they, they, you could there was a noticeable difference from night one to night three, and. You know, if they're not back, I'll be stunned. Um, they they very much feel like a team that WXW, the the sort of WXW team where they're like, you can become one of our guys now. Mm. And and you you also got the impression that um, the two of them would really want to do that as well. Yeah, they're really nice guys as well. Um, it's a fair play to them. Next match. Um, well. Before the next match was uh, Rise came out, and then out came uh, like Julian Nero. <laughs> with his like, really corny music, <laughs> with his dodgy moustache, and, and his um, dodgy moustache. His logo 
Well, there's a big N. I wonder what N could stand for. We'll leave that to the imagination of a viewer. But then he sort of, um, he rips off his shirt, he cackles a bit, and you realise, oh yeah. And then that Cerberus music. This might actually have been my favourite moment of the entire weekend. I think, apart from the main event, this is probably my favourite, yeah, this was just such an exciting match. And just the moment of... them come out to start with. Yeah, the moment of the Cerberus theme playing, Nero bringing his boys in, dragging off an avalanche. Dragging off an avalanche. That was what I was expecting. But then for Polak to come out, and they start like setting up in the positions for, for like, the whole server. And then Polak goes, wait, wait a second. Hang on a sec. And he comes back with Dirty Dragon. And oh. it was just like, for starters, I felt so happy for Dragon. Yeah. To be on that level, <laughs> to be yeah. Because <laughs> he was. And for uh, like Polak, I, he's such a great character. And I think he played um, Babyface Manager really well in this match. He only had to do like the one spot. His running was excellent. Was perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you say that, but like, he's one of like 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 all good managers. He's always on, and like occasionally my attention would slightly drift towards him, mostly during like the peak bounce or heat. But he's segment. kind of opposite us, so it was the the eyes yeah. drawn to the and movement. He's always working. He's not one of those managers who just stands at ringside until his spot comes. He he's always on and mm. always like adding to the match. Yeah. Uh, Cerberus is a babyface team, like just so much like energy in them, and <laughs> like you could tell that they were very excited to be in that spot, and it's a reward for the fans who've been watching them for a while to see them return. Like even though it's all been a bit.